0: You're listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: Welcome to the Rides Winning Insights, the Horse and Rider podcast minisode series where we share audio lessons and insights from some of the most sought-after professionals in the horse industry. This week's episode is the start of a four-part series we're doing to help kick off our Mental Health Awareness Month that's taking place in February, which will provide more information on the many ways horses can help us heal. In this week's episode, touched by a horse owner, Melissa Pierce takes the reins to talk a little bit more about horses and their healing abilities. Melissa is a teacher, author, psychotherapist, and a pioneer in the field of human horse healing. Over the last three decades, she's coached and helped others through her private psychotherapy practice and partnership with horses. This partnership with horses led her to create the equine gestalt coaching method. This week's episode is brought to you by Touched by a Horse. Melissa Pierce developed the equine gestalt so there are two gestaltists present with the client, one human and one equine. Together, they provide a therapeutic approach to deep process emotional healing through the experiential nature of gestalt work. Contrary to talk therapy, Gestalt Work and its sister modality equine facilitation offer some of the most efficient means of human growth and personal development. Touched by a Horse offers two comprehensive programs so you can start your career with horses in the exciting field of horse and human healing. Our Equine Faciliter Program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses, specializing in work with businesses, clubs, and families. The Equine Gestaltist Program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses for deep process and trauma recovery. All of the programs include a rich curriculum of both online and in-person classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. This week's episode is the second episode of a four-part series we're doing to help kick off our Mental Health Awareness Month taking place in February, which will provide more information on the ways horses can help us heal.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Melissa Pierce, and I'm glad to be doing another installment for Horse and Riders' powerful podcast called The Ride This is my podcast series on mental health and horses, a little different than Horse and Riders' usual fare for these podcasts, and I thank you for listening. So we've been discussing how horses heal humans, and today I want to ask you a question, just to ponder for yourself. For me, when I travel around the country and I'm in people's arenas, or I'm speaking at an expo or someone is training with me, they tell me stories about how horses have stood up in their life when they've had breast cancer, they've lost someone or, and are in deep grief, when they have been going through a divorce or a difficult time, when they've lost a job, etc. They'll tell me these beautiful, touching stories about how a horse stood in deep presence with them, how it seemed as if, the horse really understood the pain they were in. It seemed as if the horse really had an understanding that was beyond explanation and was a deep, trusting friend, confidant, and shoulder to cry on. So I believe that most horsemen that have had horses for any length of time since all of our lives go through the good, the bad, and the ugly, We've had those experiences with our trusted confidence, our equine friends. However, what exactly is the equine responding to? This is most likely not something your horse trainer has shared with you, but I do believe it's something that will help you understand horses at a different and unique level. So first, I need to take you back quickly to science class when you were in high school. Now, don't worry. If you didn't get a good grade or you slept through a lot of it or you were busy flirting with somebody in the class, that's okay. I'm going to give you a very brief 101. So you might remember that our teachers told us that everything is comprised of moving parts called molecules. And those molecules, even in the steady steel beam of our arena, are moving. So we look at concrete or a steady steel beam or any other inorganic structure that's not alive, and we recognize and know intellectually, technically, there's something moving inside that. However, the world being broken into two parts, our teachers went on to explain, the inorganic world, the non-living world, and the organic world, such as plants, animals, and us— are also made of moving molecules and parts, all sounding familiar, I hope. And so as we get a comprehension that inside our body are these little tiny particles that can't be seen by the naked eye, in fact, it takes a very powerful microscope to be able to do so, we understand in our brain that there's many, many, many moving molecules inside our body. Now, most of you have driven a car or a truck, something like that, and you know that when things are moving at a fast rate of speed, sometimes they run into each other. Well, imagine all these millions and billions and trillions and quadrillions of molecules moving inside our body and bumping around into each other, it creates a vibration. And so that vibration actually leaves our body. It's an eminent part of our body, and it actually leaves the housing by some extent. Now, this is not woo-woo. This is absolutely scientifically proven. Similar to electromagnetic energy, which you've heard of, that's the one that is on a positive spectrum that moves but is limited to the speed of light. We all know there's e- electromagnetic fields. What we're talking about today is a magneto electric field. This is life force energy. This works in actually the space time continuum even faster than light can move. So pretty special to be life force energy. And this kind of energy is involved in what we call the vibrational field and horses are super sensitive to this vibrational field. Let me tell you two more science things, and then we'll go back directly to the equine. The higher the frequency or the etheric body contains what we call the energy systems that feed all the organs in our bodies and that call upon our body for physicalness, physical health, etc. Horses dial into the physical. What they have a hard time dialing into is our mental body, our mental energy. What we're thinking doesn't interest them. That's like when our radio is slightly off the band it should be on and we get a lot of static. That's sort of what our head sounds like to the horse. And instead, it provides this sort of holographic energy template. And above that template... Our DNA, our RNA, our cellular genetics, everything else is present. Now, the emotional body is the one I'm talking to you about today. And it has even a higher vibrational level than the physical or the etheric body. It surrounds and kind of interpenetrates, meaning goes in and out of all of the others. As the seat of the emotional body, remember my being a psychotherapist and my being a gestaltist and all of this, brings me to being really interested. How was it that these horses were showing up for us? How did they know when we were in this dramatic pain? Because I will tell you, many of the stories took place in venues such as boarding farms when somebody may have a bright smile on their face and be covering their pain. We hear in the news all the time about someone who's sadly taken their life, and the friends and family around them will say, I saw them last week and they were smiling and laughing and everything seemed fine. We don't always show our authentic self out to the world. I ran a large boarding stable that I owned in Arizona, seventy five to eighty boarders at all times, and I'll tell you I saw firsthand many times two boarders who I knew didn't like each other show up and smile as they walked past each other in the aisleway, only to come to me as owner later and have complaints about each other and aggravation with each other. But instead of being authentic, instead of being congruent with their true feelings, they took the social out and put the smile on their face and pretended to be happy. So we do that as human beings. We're not interested in a lot of confrontation normally. But we don't live a purely authentic life. Horses know what is congruent and what isn't congruent. It's what's kept them alive on the planet. So they translate these things they understand the vibrational level that is beyond the physical, beyond the etheric, and surrounds and interpenetrates the body is sort of the seat of the emotional center, the astral, if you will. And that subtle energy is connected to mental health and physical health of the body. You may have heard of something called chakras. Chakras are merely the transmitters and the receivers, or the antenna, if you will, of emotional energy. As it kind of cascades down to the etheric and then finally to the physical body, the esoteric way in which it does this is the way that horses pick up on us. They actually feel these different energetic centers. They're more sensitive to them than we are. So why is that? Why is it that we pride ourselves as humans as being the smartest, we have opposable thumbs, we can design the barn, we can figure out how to make the money to buy the hay, right? We can do all of those things. How is it our horses are even smarter than we are in this area? Well, part of it is how they exist in the world. So we know from measuring actually these magnetoelectric fields for horses that they extend out really far from the horse itself. Now, this is how a horse can be standing in a large field, feeling out to the horizon, and sense a cougar or smell smoke or see someone approaching before they actually visually see it or sensory smell it. In other words, they know it's coming from a long way away. It's a natural protection mechanism. We actually have it, too, But we play in that electromagnetic field. Remember the one? That's the one that our TV channels and radio channels and all of that kind of thing. It's sort of like our body in the receivers and the senders and the transmitters that we have are cascading down through almost like a channel. And the channel, if we move between channels on a TV or we move between channels on a radio, we know they're all different. And that's the same for us. You're not playing on exactly the same vibrational channel that I am, for instance. We have different channels. And we have different transmitters and different receivers and different abilities to do so. I don't know about you, but I carry my cell phone almost everywhere I go and I have televisions in my home, and I'm on a computer. Even now as I'm recording this podcast, we are submersed in the electromagnetic field. It's our world. It's how we function. It's what we do. It's also why when we go out on a trail ride really far out, maybe in the beauty of Montana, and we don't even have cell service, we feel so fantastic (laughs) when we're out there. Maybe mentally we have a thought like, I wonder what's going on at home. Hope everything's okay with the kids. Hope my boss isn't looking for me. Whatever the thoughts are that travel through the brain. However, the rest of you feels really good to be out of the electromagnetic energy, to be in the more natural world, in the world that horses live in most of the time. Now, you might have a radio in your barn, but I doubt your horse has his own big screen TV, and at least my horses don't have their own individual iPhones. I draw a line, right? They get everything else, but they're not getting devices. So they're not living that way. When we're not in the barn or when people are not around them, they live with their receiver and their transmitter gently working between each other to keep the herd safe, to keep the herd aware, to keep the herd intact. This has actually been measured on the wild horses. This has been measured in the domestic field of horses. This has been measured many, many times, how they work and how they live in this magneto-electric world. Now, let me bring that all the way back, dial it all the way back, pull it all the way back, all the way back, all the way back. How did the horse know when I was paying attention to different things? Well, number one, Remember I said, when you're in your mental body, you're thinking, you're doing what we do, which is qualitative, quantitative comparison, continually, all the time, all that noise in our head, comparing, was that lope better than the last lope? Did he pick up the lead smoother this time than yesterday? Whatever you're thinking when you're riding your horse, however you're riding your horse. That's fine. That's when you're in your mental body. But when we're, let's say, on the ground, and we have a horse loose in a pasture and we're going out to connect with that horse, that horse cannot relate to, hear or respond to what we're thinking in our heads. They just don't get it. It doesn't It's white noise to them. However, if you tune into something that hurts in your body, Maybe your left foot hurts. Maybe your knee's bothering you. Maybe your lower back. Maybe you have a headache. Whatever. All the human body things. And you feel into it. You feel into how your rib cage is healing from a wreck you had a year ago. Wherever you're tuning into the physical body, the magnetoelectric vibration is sent and the horse picks up on it. You can test this theory if you want. They ignore you until you pay attention to something in the physical body and all of a sudden, it's as if you picked up the phone to them and they answer the call. Now, some horses, that's where they react as a healer and really want to intervene to help in any way that they can with physical healing. That's another podcast. However, the emotional body. As a psychotherapist, I work with a lot of people who are dealing with anxiety, or they're dealing with some sort of concerns in their life, or they're processing grief, or they're working through some form of loss, it's life, right? We all are going through things. And as we do, sometimes our mental structures are not as sound as we'd like them to be. So when we feel into, in an honest way, our true emotions that we're feeling, horses are incredibly responsive, you are transmitting your pain and when your pain is congruent when your pain is the same in the way you hold it intellectually as the way you feel it in your heart and the way you see it in your gut when all of that is in alignment the horse is the first one there to want to shift the vibration to a better and higher frequency think of it like a TV station not coming in clearly And your horse comes over and says, please let me assist you with that. I can fix the colors and bring the clarity to the picture and fix the tuning of the sound and bring it all here for you. So they want to do this for us and it is one of the unusual and beautiful ways that horses respond to us in that magneto electric field, able to feel into all of our energy centers, able to help us heal and respond to us if we will allow them to do so in a way to be able to lift that field, raise that vibration, and help you into a much higher frequency. When you're in a higher frequency, your thoughts are better, your feelings are better, etc. It changes what we call state. Now, I'll leave you with one more thought you can practice with. For instance, if you're not driving a car right now, as you're listening to this podcast, but you're somewhere where you can do this, for just a moment, please move your posture, your eyes, your breathing, your shoulders, your standing posture, sitting posture, whatever it is, move as you position your body when you're very, very sad, very, very upset, very, very much in a painful place in your life. For most of us, our eyes are down. For most of us, we slow down. For most of us, our shoulders are forward, our chest more concaved. For most of us, we curl the body up. If we're in deep loss or sadness or trouble or depression, we curl up and we look down and we breathe shallowly and we slow everything down. And you know what happens when the body state goes into that physical state? The brain aligns with all the different times in the neuropathways that it too has responded to these things. Therefore, the thoughts become dark and sad, and memories creep in that are not positive, and everything spirals downward no, I don't want to leave you there. So I'm going to ask you to shift your posture as if you just won $10 million in the lottery. So how would you stand if you saw for sure those were your numbers? How would you be? Would you be jumping up and down? Your shoulders are back. I bet your eyes are up. I bet you have a smile on your face and I bet you're looking upward. Oh my gosh, thank you. I needed it. $10 million. Think of all the good in the world I can do with that. And you're jubilant right when we're happy and confident and jubilant our shoulders are back we breathe deep there's a smile on our face our chin is up we're in a physical state of joy and happiness now then the thoughts that travel through the brain that are triggered by the physicality are positive and hopeful and happy and joy-filled so what does this all mean melissa What it means is we can go a long way to improving our lives and improving our attitudes with two different things. One, be congruent. If you're sad, be sad. Be authentic with it. At least with your horse. You don't have to with other humans. But with your horse, go in the stall and say, I am not having a good day today. I lost my best friend, I'm sad, I'm hurting, and I just want to go out and be with you and go for a nice ride. I'm not myself, I'm really full of pain. Your horse will be great that day because you're being honest. Now, uh, it works both ways, right? If you're full of joy, let them know that too. And number two, if your physicality changes, your brain changes. So next time you're starting to feel kind of down and out, maybe you don't have as many clients as you wish you could find, or you, you asked somebody out and they said, no, thank you, I'm not interested. Whatever it is in your world that's got you kind of down, remember you can stop the thoughts faster, easier, and swifter by rocking those shoulders back, looking up, remember, heaven's up and you know where it's below, look up, shoulders back, chin up, taking deep breaths, that alone will help your brain find a solution rather than say stuck in the, ba- in the problem, right? So all of these things I hope you'll try. One, do, does my horse know when I pick up the phone when I tune into my physical body? And does my horse really give a flip if I'm feeling sad? Sure does. If you are congruent with your emotions, that horse will be over to you like the puppy you never had. And by the way, do dogs do all of this? Yes, but completely differently than horses. So they're very different. They come from different sides of the chain, right? We all know predator, prey. So your horse has some amazing abilities to help you have a much happier day, raising that vibration in your body. Last story that I'll tell you today, I think as a female horse owner anyway, this one is kind of what really woke me up to it. So lots of times I would go to the barn, clean jeans, clean shirt, clean hair, you know, looking looking okay. I would take my horse out, groom him, ride him, might ride a couple of them, and then I would work toward Uh, giving him a bath, making sure that he was all clean and comfortable, cleaning out his house, all the things that I need to do. Then I would go into his stall, and I'd make sure that looked really good, maybe clean the water out a little bit, make sure everything is really great, braid his mane, braid his tail, whatever I was doing to keep him together as a rainer, and put him back in the stall. He felt fabulous. He looked fabulous. He smelled fabulous. It was great. I would then go get my keys and get ready to get in my car. And of course, I don't know why, but I always had to stop off at the grocery store. I looked like a homeless person, right? Filthy, dirty, wet, muddy, hair all askew. <laughs> Just a mess because I had spent that time bathing and caring for those horses and where they were and cleaning my tack or whatever I decided to do. But you know what? I felt fantastic. Fantastic. And I talk to people all across the country, and they do too. When they've had that time with that horse, and they've done all of those things that I was talking about, they feel happy all day long. Ever ask yourself why? It's not just that the nurturing quotient has been filled. It's that horses demand our present moment. They bring us right into the present moment. And when we're there, we let go of all the thoughts. We're hands-on with them. We're doing everything we can to interact with them, to remain safe with them, to do everything we can for them. And we end up being, with our vibrational field, a much higher frequency than when we got there hope you enjoy this hope it helps you and you'll give some of these things yourself a try i appreciate being on horse and rider thank you for listening to me on the ride thank you for tuning into
1: the rides winning insights mini podcast we hope you enjoyed this mini please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow horse and rider on social media and at horse and com to see all the cool things that we're up to. If you have any comments or questions, please be sure to hit us up at horse and rider at equine We love to hear from you guys. And if you love what you're listening to, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes.